Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 124 today, DMT and My Occult Mind, part two, with uh, Dick Kahn. Uh, Dick Kahn's been on the show before. Go check out our previous episodes with him. Uh, the, the first episode was a while back. I think it was episode 38. You can check that out. Um, and also, we did a couple, we did a two-parter with him uh, on the uh, difference between ayahuasca versus smoking dmt so you can check out those episodes as well um and uh yeah like i mentioned he's the author of the new book dnt in my uh, cult mind part two and he also released a light version of his first uh run of the book so check those out i have the links down below and uh welcome back dick thank you very much mike thank you very much maurice thanks for coming on of course You're welcome so um since we've had you on, have you done any more ayahuasca ceremonies? I know the first or the last time we had you on was the first time you had done an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah, yeah, I went back for another I think it's two or three day ceremony with uh, with Sam and Paul, and we had uh, the benefit of uh, a master shaman from the uh, Amazon, uh, Chana Ikaru, I believe his name is. Uh, with his family and that was that was a different level that was I mean the first ayahuasca experiences were really good strong but this one was uh, first night was strong and the second night was it was intense to say the least you know it was uh, blew, blew my socks off really really amazing and uh, yeah I mean I've, I've, I've written those up the intention is to incorporate those into a future project but uh yeah really amazing uh no i remember you describing your your experience and it was interesting because you had so much experience uh with smoking it and you know extracting it on your own and doing that whole thing that um uh it just seemed like having that change of pace or that different point of view using the same compound pretty much i mean obviously there's different things that play when you do ayahuasca as opposed to uh you know you got the mao inhibitor and all that but um so writing this book um did that help you kind of formulate more of like a wider point of view on the topic since um like we mentioned you had just gotten into ayahuasca or did that influence you at all i think i think those numerous smoked DMT experiences really gave me uh, a really good insight into the ayahuasca experience. I think the mechanics are, are still very much the same. I just think it's, in terms of my interpretation, it's less obvious what's happening with ayahuasca. It it's becomes after, after repeated smoking journeys it became very obvious to me what was occurring obviously i've made my arguments and i stand by them and with ayahuasca it was uh it's 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 slower and it's subtler 
that said as as indicated the uh, the last experience i had it, it was intense i was i was blown away i mean we'd incorporated um harpe into that which is the um insufflatable tobacco and that was that was really that was an eye opener that was really strong as a as a cleansing agent but it's um it's psychoactive potency was was incredible but you know when you've had that blown up your nostrils there's a lot of sneezing your eyes are watering you're hawking you're coughing you're spitting some people are puking and i know it sounds awful but in comparison to what you get following that and in comparison to with ayahuasca also putting the purging aside because i know some people are put off by the purging that is so secondary i mean it really helps with the experience but the actual the experience the the visuals the sort of the psychic changes that go on within you profound but yeah really really intense experience it really grabbed me and it really put it on me it was great I would, uh, nice. you know there's there's people there you know they're doing it like right often and i because of my uh, lifestyle married man you know uh, responsible job uh, finances etc time i just can't commit to it like they do and uh, i don't want to say i'm jealous no I, I i just say you know what if you can do that more power to you must be awesome and because i would do it far more frequently if i could i mean you know one of the things that i said during that that two three day ceremony was these these tents these establishments they should be popping up all over the country this should be widespread forget your pubs and your clubs and your bars you know this this is the future maybe one day maybe (laughs) yeah i mean we'll see what happens with all the research maybe they'll uh crack it wide open and there'll be a reason to uh, fulfill that but um Mm -hmm. So when you look at, I mean, how many times have you done it now? I mean, you were at 600 the first time we talked to you. I mean, what is it, 800, 900? No, it's not that far. So since publishing the books, I've been on and off, hit and miss with it. Um, Certainly nothing as frequently as I, I was doing. But what I have done is I've listened to other people promoting uh, vape devices the way forward. And I was always thinking, I was like, nah, nothing beats my old bottle pipe, you know, and my uh, torch flame lighter. I'd become so skillful at using it. But yeah, I, I asked somebody who I knew, knew about that and they said, okay, buy, buy this and this and this, and this is how you do it. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I invested in this vape device here it's got DMT in the tank, very clean DMT, I might add, and I'm I'm blown away by it. It is so efficient. And what I mean by that is, you know, I've had a, maybe a dozen breakthroughs on that, but it, it's like the tank, the e-juice and the DMT in the tank is just doesn't appear to have diminished. Whereas, had I smoked to break through using my bottle pipe i would have gone through quite a lot of spice so its efficiency is unbelievable does it Uh, does it last longer in there because um 
I mean, doesn't it become less potent over time? Does that happen within the juice or no? Well, that's a good question because when I was using Freebase, I would keep it in my fridge and I did everything I could to keep it, you know, free of oxygen, free of light. Obviously, it's in the fridge, low temperature, no moisture. But I found accessing it every day or every other day. After two or three weeks, I could discern a, a diminishment in potency. Whereas this, I do not detect any diminishment in potency whatsoever. And I've had this now for, you know, a few months, but I don't detect any diminishment in potency. So that's a real, that's a plus. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to your book now. Um, got this bad boy right here. Everybody. Go check. The, oh, you can't because the green yeah. on it. It's my my green screen's going to show everybody. So it's going to look like there's take a, you into space. It's going to look like there's a hole through the book. But um, uh, so everybody go check that out. Again, the links down below. Um, it's definitely. I think you you you're a lot more clear and concise on things. Um, not that the first one wasn't great, but um, I just feel like you you really hit it home on this one in terms of um painting the picture if you will um and this one i believe i don't know i i, I again i like the first one but i think that this the second one really has uh a lot more good um i don't Knowledge. know i don't yeah no i just i don't even know how to explain it just I, no, you're better I at like uh yeah. um descriptive detail i guess that's what i would say yeah i i really sort of overall my my writing style obviously I, i've got no editor i'm self-published i'm yeah, i self-market it's all my own work and i feel with the first one you know a couple of people made comments and you know rather than get upset by those i sort of like thought well are they accurate comments and i think the first one was, was a little bit too wordy it was a little bit it was quite a bit it was very wordy it was a little bit rambling i knew there was a really good book in there so yeah i uh I, I overalled the first book and the second book, you know, it, it's a much more direct writing style. I know I can write. I, my job entails writing for many different sort of audiences at different levels. And people have said, you know, you should write a book. So I know I can write. But I feel in the second book, I really, I got my style. I found my style. And uh, yeah, I appreciate what, what you said. I think it's accurate. It's very direct. It's to the point there's no waffle in there and i just say what i want to say and i say it very directly mm -hmm. so thanks i appreciate the comment yeah no i th I think again the first one i wouldn't even go as far as what you said there's nothing negative about it. i just think that there, you went in a more of a roundabout way to get to your point yeah. in the first one this one as you just mentioned it's very direct but um yeah. so i want to talk about something actually we when we just had uh dr strassman on um uh he we were talking about like the placebo effect and like confirming what you already believed going into it. Um, and something in your first, you talk about your childhood in the first book, um, and having those weird out of body experiences or paranormal or whatever you want to call it. Um, do you think then by getting into DMT that that's exactly what happened? Kind of what he mentioned, like it's confirming, not that there's nothing still mystical or metaphysical about it, but only that, it's 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 personal it's tailored to you it's confirming what you want it to be your believer or, or how do you feel about that in terms of those childhood experiences yeah like meaning that when you experience those at a young age you had this like 
preconceived notion or idea of what's going on and then you confirmed it by using this this molecule to to help you get yeah. to back there I think absolutely. And quickly, let me say kudos on the Strassman interview. I thought that was a really excellent interview. I really, really enjoyed that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, you're welcome. And one thing, one thing, nobody's asked, what was your favorite ever DMT experience? And I've, I've often wondered myself out of all my experiences, which one was my favorite? And I've come to conclude that I think it was those childhood experiences, not so much the out-of-body experiences mm-hmm. but that that experience where i woke up convinced it was christmas morning it was midsummer and red hot i woke up convinced it was christmas morning and opened the curtains and there's this sunshine like orb glorious you know at the, at the foot of the garden and i was just mesmerized rooted to the spot couldn't move and obviously when i did move and went to bring my mum and came back the thing had gone and i would say I'd say that was my favorite DMT experience because I'm absolutely convinced it was, I don't know, uh, something in my brain, something in my mind, a, a, a level of DMT that was active and, and must have drawn the attention of something powerful and occult that decided to convince me it was Christmas morning and, and show me its, its glorious self. It was amazing. So that was my favorite. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting, and we also talked about that, too. This, I mean, he wrote The Soul of Prophecy, which a lot of it is about these, um, you know, uh, prophets from the Old Testament have down, having these DMT downloads of some sort, whether it was um, externally uh, induced or, you know, endogenously induced, whatever it is, uh, you know, maybe that is the answer for some of these people that have paranormal activity or people seeing uh, UFOs or weird instances. Um, I know you've mentioned that too, how you think that, uh, the UFO thing is somehow related to all this, maybe not DMT specifically, but maybe the place where you get to when you're on DMT. And, um, uh, I know you were researching that. How, how's that going? Yeah, really well. And I I do think there's a, a lot of commonality. I suppose the most general sweeping statement you can make is they're all related in that this is occult nature. When you smoke DMT, you're very much interacting with some aspect of occult nature. If you, um, observe a ufo you you're very much observing something from a cult nature if one lands and its uh, occupants interact with you i would argue you're very much uh interacting with a cult nature or rather it's interacting with you i think there's a, a real strong commonality between them all and i'm i'm going back through john keel's works which i'd read before well before I, I started smoking DMT. But now I've um I've signed up for is it Audible? I think you yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. Oh man, and I, I just I, I go to bed every night with <laughs> John Keel's books just, you know, going into my brain and uh I think I'm through about four, three or four now and I mean it's just incredible. I, I uh really do think he's on the money. I think he he's he it, it's an occult interpretation which he adopts 
and I think the uh, the DMT experience, I think in the fullness of time, it will be shown that an occult interpretation is the most accurate and the most meaningful because hidden from our senses, there are kingdoms and those kingdoms are occupied by all kinds of amazing denizens, um, many of which, or some of which I would rather say, are all too willing to interact with the user who smoked a sufficient dose of DMT. Yeah, the uh, the occult explanation is an interesting one. Obviously, we love occult and uh, esoteric stuff on this show. We talk about it a lot. But um, when you look at like what science does and what, where science is at, they're not willing to make any sort of leap to, to get there. Um, uh, so they're at a crawl, and that crawl is there's never going to be anything really that paradigm-shifting based on the scientific method, in my opinion. Um, that being said, when you look at some of these traditions, whether they're ancient or more modern and just the way people approach them and the way they think about them, there's definitely uh, a philosophical aspect to it, which science is kind of left out of the, um, picture of recent. So I think that just having philosophy with the occult mixed with maybe a little bit of science mixed with, you know, like all these things coming together, I do think that you maybe can paint a little bit more of a detailed picture of these experiences from a first person uh, point of view, if you will. Meaning that I don't think that there's no way to even quantify, you know, a science, you can tell a scientist, these, this is the compound I took. This is, you know, the dosage. Um, This is the time of day. You could give them every single variable there is, but they're not going to be able to tell you what the experience is like. And I think that that's what, you know, in the occult and people like you and authors that are experiencing these things, I think that's why it's important to talk about it because, again, you're not going to have your mainstream or dogmatic scientists or anybody talk about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we no, need more free thinkers to think outside the box and push this <laughs> push this envelope to the next level. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know, I suppose it's difficult for. A reputable scientist because you know they they know there's something there dark matter and dark energy being you know the obvious candidates they know something's there the math tells them it's there the experiments tell them it's there but they just can't say what it is and obviously if you're a, a scientist with a reputation you know if you if you if you're on social media and you're putting yourself out there too quickly, you probably very quickly alienate your colleagues and maybe your paymasters. So I feel like in that respect, I've got a, a great license to be as, as free as I like because, you know, I'm, uh, I may have a science-based vocational degree, but I'm not, I'm not a hard-nosed scientist. So I feel I've got a great license to be free and imaginative and uh you know i don't feel like i'm upsetting anybody or treading on anybody's toes and and even if i did i probably wouldn't be bothered anyway it's you know it's yeah yeah so i license the thrill if you will (laughs) yeah so the interesting thing though is that you kind of you do approach it i mean your your handle everybody go check them out on twitter too and uh instagram is dmt researcher um that's that is exactly what you are and also in the sense that i don't think I mean, I've talked to people that have smoked it 200 times and you can barely even talk to them. They're just not there. And I'm not saying that that does that to you. There's probably a lot of... Yeah, that might have been how they were before they got into it. Yeah, who knows what they were doing before? Who knows what their psyche was like or is like Mm -hmm. or whatever? But you're really, really sharp and you're really with it. And you also 
you know, from the 600, you, you, you actually knew the dosage, you approached it like a scientist in, in a certain way. You weren't just filling it up and hitting it and then cool, let's see what happens kind of a thing. You actually kind of had a method to what you were doing. Um, yeah. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, at the time I didn't, didn't realize the importance of having that, that sort of, um, approach to, understand the causal nature of the experience after smoking dmt but it was sincere and it was authentic and i realized i didn't realize i didn't appreciate the significance of having that sort of from the heart but yeah i think it's 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 sort of flavored the written works that i've produced and uh i don't want to say i'm proud of that but i think i'm i'm, I'm pleased that i was genuine and authentic with that that approach i think it really comes through in the writing and i mean you know since with what's going on with lockdown i you know i've had to work from home i find i've got a lot more time obviously i'm a family man i've got to invest time in that but i am just going through books i mean you know i'm i'm going to bed with john keel in my ears on audible Mm -hmm. in my spare time when i'm not with my, my, my family i am going through books and books and i think you know uh around dmt around the occult around ufos i think one of the things that that it's made me realize is i i i can't believe i'm saying this but it's like i'm going back to my roots you know i'm from the north of england i'm um a Yorkshireman and and they kind of have this strange sort of people view it strangely you know it can be a little bit a little bit thick a little bit stupid but equally can be and I'm known for being very honest and very authentic and will call a spade a spade and I think having read other people's works and then sort of contrasted it to my own I do feel drawn back to my roots as a Yorkshireman where, you know, I am very plain speaking about what I'm stating in my works. It, it is very clear and I am calling a spade a spade. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I've always kind of like shied away from my roots, you know, being a Yorkshireman when I was 17. I left Yorkshire as, as quickly as I could because I wanted to to see the world. I wanted to to move around. Uh, but now, yeah, I feel drawn back and I feel quite proud that I'm plain speaking and I am calling a spade a spade. I think I'm very pleased about that. Mm. Yeah, actually, I just want to clarify my last point. I wasn't saying that these substances do anything negative to anybody, but I'm just, I think what it, what I'm trying to say is that you're very level-headed from doing it so many times. You think that being that serious of a psychonaut, um, sometimes people go deep maybe a little bit too deep and they start to Mm. believe things and Mm. think things that are maybe just a little bit out of the purview of um what's going on but uh you've kept it very um you're not saying you for sure know what it is but you're saying that this is what you think based on your tons of experience with it and i think that that's what resonates with people that read your work i think is just um you're you're an ex- thank you. you're an explorer you're an explorer of the mind is how i would categorize you well thank you i mean one of the things i picked up from reading esoteric and occult works is the importance of staying grounded you know and i think i incorporated that into my dmt research so uh you know smoking dmt experiencing the breakthrough writing it up giving it some analyses i found that very therapeutic it helped me to integrate but equally 
I would make sure that I spent time doing other things, more grounded things, spending time with my family, riding BMX. I love riding BMX and just sort of, you know, having something other than DMT as a sort of investigative hobby, shall we call it. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really important. Absolutely. I think balance is the key to everything. I think you can't, I mean, even in the past when I've, I've known like, oh, I've been smoking way too much cannabis, you know, or I've mm. took too many dab. You know, I had to stop dabbing a lot. I mean, this has been years since I was doing it, but I was dabbing so often. I'm like, I, I can't keep up. This is just insane. This is this potent this much. I, I can't do it anymore. So uh, I, listen, let, let, let me tell you, Mike and Maurice, I've got a little story there because somebody very graciously sent me some, uh, potent weed and now with weed i'd i'd been smoking pot and weed for for 20 years and i'm, I'm not gonna lie it was a bit of a, a problem for me back in the day you know it was like it was more often than not it was daily basis and i'd gone 10 years without smoking any weed and then somebody graciously sent me some very potent weed and i kind of had it for um for a few weeks i was like okay let's 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 just try vaping some weed i'll be careful and, Oh man! Listen, because when I when I was look, I I was not I was not smoking it before. I was abusing it, and I didn't consider it to be psychedelic at all back in the day. I was like, I was getting high or getting monged, shall we? You know, some of these strains of skunk were just right. just blitched mind. But yeah, you know, I um. This is like a couple of weeks ago, maybe. I, I vape some weed, and i got to be honest, that stuff is, is psychedelic AF. It uh-huh. is so psychedelic. And I it was a real eye-opener for me. And I've tried it a couple of times since, and I've kind of put it in a drawer. And I, I like, okay. Yeah. Because, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when people used to say, oh, weed's psychedelic, I'd be like, well, what are you talking about? But fair play, that stuff is genuinely psychedelic. In 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 that it's mind manifesting. You can feel that mind manifesting aspect of it, and I don't know. It's like it's like a DMT uber 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 light. But there were certainly some visions there that uh, were surprising to me. So uh, yeah, you know, that's just a little story. I think you really get the effect if you give your brain to kind of get rid of some of that THC that builds up in there because I'm a habitual user myself and you know if you give yourself a good month really clean that brain out you can get the full effects from it but I wanted to yeah. piggyback on that and say if you have edibles I've had some of the most intense experiences off the edibles uh, they were so crazy I had to stop taking them because I can imagine too much that is, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that is really really potent so uh, yeah I've got you know quite quite a bit left in my drawer, so uh, maybe sometimes <laughs> a little should... goes a long way. With maybe, the new yeah, <laughs> can imagine absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's once you come back to it after a while. Maurice is right; there is it's a whole different ball game. Um, we got a question from a listener right now. They want to know: um, Do you think that there's a connection or um, possibly a link between you know, the DMT realm or DMT and uh, astral projection or astral travel? It's a good question. So I 
when i smoke dmt i i i this is based on my own experiences i've not found that i'm exiting my body in a classic obe state and free roaming the spiritual realms that's not been my experience my experience is that uh, smoking dmt something from a, a another dimension or, or something that was hitherto unseen manifests in my immediate setting and really imposes upon me mesmerically powerfully imposing visions uh, maybe some psychic manipulation in a playful or very occasionally a dark manner maybe some invasive aspect to it and i don't know i don't know if i i, I don't think those beings are astral beings I, they seem to have too much of a complete working knowledge of human psyche and human physiology so i think they're probably from a, a divine or a semi-divine realm um I don't think it's. I don't think it enables me to free roam the astral realm. I don't think those entities are uh, astral entities. But for sure, if they're coming from a divine or semi-divine realm, then they're going to have to come down through the astral dimension before they interact with me. It's a good question. I'm not sure I've done it justice with my answer. Yeah, but they have question. a fo- they have a follow-up question. Um... They, they're saying that the vibrational onset is very similar. And I know we've talked about that, the vibration or that, that high pitch frequency that, you know, in the beginning of the uh, onset. So maybe there is maybe a possibly some sort of connection there. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I smoke DMT, one of the first things, one of the very first things you, you perceive is that, that high pitched tone or ringing sound in the midst of your head in the, pineal region of your head and i mean what i describe here is taking place within seconds after you know inhaling the first hit by the time you get to the third hit that sound is intense but i i found that with repeated use repeated use repeated use i could sense when the entity uh, sort of arrived in my location in my locale and then it imposes its own energy which again is perceptible and audible and it just goes way past the the sort of intensity um frequency of of that which i'm giving out it's just off the scale and i I think i said in my uh, my second book i just could never i can never ever get used to those phenomenal energies you know, I mean, the last time I uh, smoked with my vape device, you know, it was a few weeks ago, and I, I, was, I was in the house, sat on the sofa, I said, let's do it. So it's like three three big meter hits. And I could sense after the second, second inhalation, the entity had arrived and waited for me to complete my third hit. And then it just imposed this power over just a few seconds. And it was so intense. I just wanted to run. And I'm glad I didn't because it would make going back to future experiments really difficult. But yeah, I mean, it just imposes power. I was so scared. And then, bang, it's like you're somewhere else. You're in this alien environment and it's showing you all kinds of wonderful things. It was manipulating my psyche, taking me through a range of emotions. I mean, really quick, like laughter was coming from me that... I don't think I've ever heard anybody laugh like that. It was like bizarre. It was like some laughter from the furthest reaches of human psyche. 
and it was just crazy. I mean, I really should. I have often thought I should try and like film myself. You know, um, yeah, I should yeah, do that. I'm curious that, if you're I... actually laughing or if you're just thinking you're laughing. Oh, no, I'm definitely, definitely laughing. I mean, you know, I mean, it's really squeezing these emotions, these uh, outpourings from my psyche. And I mean, doing it so quickly. And I don't know if other people have uh, experienced this, but it seems to be a sort of thematic experience that I've had many, many times now. And I mean, you know, the, the visuals were incredible, you know. The, the being one aspect of the visuals I could never quite I could never really understand what it was showing me and then on the last experience with, with the vape device would you believe it was showing me like spermatozoa you know the little the little tadpole like male sperm yeah. and it was showing me those but it's in such a way that you sort of relate to the wonder of 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 your existence of nature of of that aspect of your being and the fact that i grasped what it was showing me i could understand what it was showing me i took my shirt off and i'm like i'm you know like a football player and i'm waving my shirt going, yeah and then, and, and then it's like oh man I, you i sense the entity still there and i'm acting like acting like a a human idiot and you can feel this the sort of robes of this psycho spiritual entity slowly going over me you can see its cellular composition i mean thousands and thousands of little cells but you can feel it just slowly going over me and i felt so bad for acting like an idiot but we are but human exactly 100 percent. um so i guess my question now would be well, actually, I, I, I'll ask this first. Do you know what the highest dose you've ever taken is? And um, do you think that maybe ramping up to it uh, is a better option? Or do you think just blasting off with the highest dose is, is, is a better? So I think there's a couple of things to say here. Um, I think my highest dose is, I mean, 99 milligram was my highest dose. But I'm going to rule that out because the uh, the crystals were not as potent as they should be but 83 milligrams with potent crystals that that's my highest but the second thing i want to say is all that research that's within my books was undertaken over three years when i had no social media presence whatsoever mm -hmm. and then when i published the first book and uh, i come to realize that i need a social media presence to market the book one of the first things i see on facebook was some some guy and i'm friends with him and he's like oh yeah i smoked 150 milligrams and i'm like what hmm. i was like damn and i had no idea for <laughs> taking it so far so so it's like now you know i really want to produce a third book but i feel you know um just so i've left no stone unturned it's got to be a book that that I feel I've sort of pushed myself as far as I can. So, yeah, I don't want a, a follow-up third uh, publication that's on 25 milligrams or 40 milligrams. I want to push myself, and I believe I can do that. So let's see. Yeah, there's somebody that commented on the video. They were getting kind of nasty the first one we did where he's like, oh, that's nothing, you know, I've done blah, blah, blah. So there are – See, but the, the thing no. that kills me about that kind of attitude too is like yeah. when you're yeah, on that's... social media or whatever, you're, yeah. you're, you're supposed to be like – well, you're not supposed to be, but 
I would think that you'd become somewhat enlightened by using these tools, you or know, these, these substances. Yeah. I mean, these, these people are just bigger assholes afterwards than they are before. So, I, oh I, man, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it makes me laugh. I mean, look, you know, people have have posted, you know, Dick can six hundred experiments, you know, and it's very nice that they've posted that, and then there'll be something like. Hey, them's rookie numbers, you know. Hey, that, and I think you know, it's like it would be far better if we had a chance. Like, what have you learned? What's your opinion? Right. What have you found? And I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm quite suspicious about people who uh, have that kind of attitude. I'm not disputing that they've done way more than six hundred, but I'm wondering about the potency of the crystals because on social media, I see some people with like massive jar a massive jar of dmt crystals and i think damn that's that's going to oxidize so quickly you know mm. that that's you know if you're using that after uh, a year or two it's not going to be as potent as it should be and i think you know right you, you when 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 dmt is fresh you smell it it's got that sort of mothbally synthetic smell but if you leave those out over a few days and a, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, that that smell, that potency is going to diminish significantly. And I think that that's indicative of uh, a lack of potency. So, you know, anybody who's saying 600 is rookie numbers, that's fair enough. But is that the best conversation we can have? Do you know, is there science on that, by the way, whether they know that if the crystals degrade over time? Do they, is that something that's known or do you have you not looked into that? I don't know of any paper, but I think it's well known that. But your DMT, personal experience, yeah. That's, yeah. No, I mean it, it's well known that DMT is uh, DMT crystals are sensitive to heat, light, moisture, and oxygen. Mm -hmm. So as I say, I, I did everything I could to overcome those by keeping it pressed right. in a fridge. You know, obviously dry conditions, but I found with accessing it every day or every other day that exposure to oxygen. I could discern there was a, a diminishment in, in potency. And I, I believe you've mentioned you do mimosa hostilis, correct? Yeah, that's that's all I've ever so had access my, to. I, I want to piggyback back off that real quick, though. So have you ever tried extracting with acacia? Because acacia is what all the occult symbolism from, you know, uh, ancient times and some of these secret or uh, occult society or groups or whatever, um, you know, even there's acacia symbolism, you know, in Masonic culture as well. I mean, we've had P.D. Newman on here talking about that. Um, but do you think that there could be some sort of like archetypal shift between what you use? Because maybe Mimosa Hostilis is more um, like one way and then you try extracting with it, or do you think it is just the same since it's the same molecule mm, good question or so since you haven't what? you know i have I, I guess my question was have you done or extracted from acacia or have you not done that yet no never never had access so i was speaking to somebody overseas and we were going to do a bit of a trade but it fell through but if i pulled my finger out i'm sure i could secure some acacia mm -hmm. uh, but i've just always gone with what's available and uh, what's been available has always been mimosa but no it would be good to tr contrast the difference i think from what i understand from other users i think a case it gives a, a more yellower orange uh, or red waxy product 
and I believe some people like that. I think they say it's 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 more playful. It's a little bit longer lived. Whereas a DMT from a mimosa, it's very very quick. Very, I think it's, it's considered more powerful or just a tad more powerful. So I can't contrast. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, like right. I say, those those energies that it unleashes from oneself and those energies you know that the the entity will impose upon you you know i'm I'm sure if there's any difference it's it's negligible yeah because i was just I'm, I'm fascinated by um like the archetypes and not even saying that it's for sure an archetype but just that's how i'm categorizing these different experiences because you've seen i'm sure you've seen the videos of the jaguars chewing on the bark and mm. rolling around like it's some like next yeah. level catnip or yeah. something and then yeah. people see jaguars on ayahuasca people see rainbow serpents um there's all these archetypes but then you look at maybe there's this different culture this other occult whether it was maybe involved there's some speculation i know some people argue that soma's cannabis some argue that it's mushrooms it could be acacia or dmt as, as well but um mm. you look at like the occult themes within that region over there whether it be you know, the Middle East or um, that region, it just seems like it would be more up your alley or at least worth a shot. Maybe those entities, mm. I don't know, I'm just saying maybe those entities are a little bit different or more aligned with what you're into or believe. I think it would be uh, great to incorporate that into any third book that I do manage to uh, publish. So, yeah, I'll... I'll keep my eyes out for some uh, acacia. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you meet uh, yeah. Osiris over there. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just to quickly give um, RN Vuta a shout out. Oh, for I sure. Know, yeah. I mean, look, I'm in touch with RN Vuta and PD Newman, and I, I, they've both got books in the works. And I've had the benefit of having, uh, I've been privy to insight into what's in them both. And from both, both authors, P.D. Newman are Envu. I'm absolutely blown away what those guys are going to publish. I'm not going to say anymore that they wouldn't forgive me, but wow, I'm blown away by what they both have in the works. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I good spoke friends. to yeah. Aaron a little bit on DMs, and he was saying some similar things, so I'm excited to yeah. see what uh, yeah. he comes out with, and we'll get him back on here when he does, and uh, we'll, we'll get down yeah, to both the... both friends of the show. Yeah, we'll get yeah. down to it, but uh, yeah, I mean, this whole community's awesome. I mean, I don't really... I've never had any beef for negative words with really anybody, which is good. I mean, because I watch everybody else on Twitter and all other communities fight and mm. get at each other and stuff. That's so, not good. Um, yeah, they yeah, always I mean... attack us because we've never taken it before, but we've made it clear numerous, numerous times that we were just out there for the information and that's why we're getting guests on that have partake because we've never done it ourselves we're not opposed to it it's just never kind of landed in our laps so yeah i, th I think i think there's lots of different authors and researchers coming at this mystery from from different angles i've, uh, I've looked at uh, Gallimore's work you know uh really yeah. enjoyed his book especially chapter nine i really enjoyed chapter nine he's coming at it from a, a very different angle i'm not gonna sit here and say I, I don't buy into it i think he's i think he's coming at it from a different angle i think his his research is valid i read uh dmt dialogues really i gotta say i really enjoyed uh graham hancock's chapter i really enjoyed uh, Rick Strassman's chapter, I thought that was great. And I'm going to say, I thought David Luke's summing up at the end of the book is so 
eloquent and articulate that was a real real sort of joy to read but yeah yeah no that's a it's a good one um i think i read i read that like a year ago i believe but mm. uh yeah there's some interesting stuff in there uh what about mixtures between like cross combinations have you uh like what have you experimented with in like combinations so, like obviously you've done dmt have you taken maybe psilocybin before mdma before lsd before like what's what have you done yeah so um first one that springs to mind is uh maybe last year i got some really nice 2cb and and, you know i've I've mentioned this before and some people are just focused on on plant medicines they kind of like poo poo these are synthetic drugs but I got this 2CB and it, it's absolutely magical. Obviously, it's one of Alexander Shulgin's uh, magical, I think magical half a dozen, you know, one of his top six. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful substance. And um, yeah, I was out and uh, it was night and I'm just feeling beyond blissful, writhing around on my boy's trampoline, you know, on my own. I think, you know, get the idea into my head should I smoke DMT and it always happens when I get that idea it's like yeah like try and put it out of my mind and it, it just builds you like yeah go on you know you know you're gonna have to. so I was like get this pipe and smoke it and you know within just seconds something's on me and mm-hmm. yeah it's just really really beautiful experience and yeah there was um probably the better story is I think it was a, a couple of years ago and um, I'd got some MDMA, some ecstasy, and it was New Year, and you know I take some and enough to sort of be okay around my family, and then family go to bed sometime after midnight, and I take some more, you know, so I'm properly rolling, you know, jaws going, the eyes are going, and then uh, yeah, I, I guess I binged on DMT, you know, it was with the pie. I got several yeah. pipes already. And I was just smoking, and oh my god, it was—it's like I—it's like being flirtatious with the entity, and it was Uh-oh. like, oh man, it was like <laughs> sound like Tori Spelling from Scary Movie. All strange, just like acting kind of camp, and like, huh. and in the end, in the end, it went until about I don't know six or seven o'clock in the morning. And in the end, I was like smoking and nothing was interacting with me. And I think yeah, by that time, I was like, I was becoming a bit of a wreck. And I thought, yeah, they they know when I should call it a day. So let me not hit this pipe too hard and then regret it because I get a bit of a slap. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I've got I've got got other things lined up for my research. I've got some uh, for ACO DMT, which I believe is synthetic psilocybin. Mm-hmm. I've got my little medicine box. I've got, again, you know, some people may scoff, but I still not tried 5-MeO DMT, but... I was going to ask got, you that because you, you... Yeah, no, yeah. still, I, I, I do feel quite uh, abashed that I've not tried it because obviously it's, it's um, popular in certain psychedelic circles, but I have some synthetic i have some genuine toad medicine and it's it's just there waiting for me when i uh find the uh, wherewithal the metal to say right let's do it and i'm yeah, sure i, I th- will i think it'll be an interesting one for you to bounce off of what you already know too because there's some people that say it's more of like um a white light near death kind of a uh, experience as opposed to yeah. more of the 
geometric blast off with the entities and stuff like that. I hear it's more um, like ego dissolving death, you know, that, that whole thing. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see once you do it, to see how it compares to the many other times that you've done. And then um, what about, have you ever done like any real macro doses of LSD or any real macro doses of psilocybin? Have you ever, gone to the deep end with those and then compared how maybe that compares to the dmt realm so no with not with lsd um i mean i was taking lsd when i was like 18 and we were taking it you know reasonably frequently but you know sometimes I take a couple of tabs and i've had some you know genuinely strong acid that's like wow okay mm-hmm. didn't expect that it was different to last week but no uh, I'm, I'm probably of an age now or rather i'm in a situation with my family where it will be sort of difficult to go large and you know our family come back from work or school so i don't know but my first my first experience with magic mushrooms you know i i, I had a can i got commandeered and this is in the first book i got commandeered mm-hmm. by some some bigger boys who I knew better than to argue with. And they said, right, we're going magic mushroom picking. And yeah, I think my, my first experience with psychedelics was um, 100 magic mushrooms fresh. Mm. And I, I'd sort of taken a cup of tea with 40 and then nothing happened. 20 raw weighted, nothing happened. And then a cup of tea with another 14. And then my psychedelic virginity was <laughs> duly ra- ravished. I mean, that was really you know uh, hallucinations real real magic time real magic time really good yeah that's my favorite i mean i've done since i was in high school probably i mean give or take a couple hundred times with psilocybin and the most was probably 10 dried i think wow 10 dried Um, and then i've done seven a, a few times but the 10 dried is intense. That's why I was asking you. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but I mean, psilocin is, as you mentioned, the the extractions, one molecule away from DMT pretty much. So yeah. I was just curious if by going deep, you were able to find some sort of commonality after it's broken down in your gut and everything. I, 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 uh, I did five grams. It was a good while ago. And I was in the house and my boys were younger and, uh, that was incredible. It was the first, I'd, I'd sort of, rather than do it in a cup of tea, I did it in sort of like a, a, a citric juice, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. And the onset was so quick. And that that was that was such a good night. I mean, it's just, just brilliant. Just yeah, really, the, really good. My favorite way to do it is to masticate it until it like evaporates in your, okay. your, your jaw. And you, like you mentioned, take little sips of lemon or orange juice. Yeah. Or I've even... Yeah. In these times, I've taken some emergency, you know. So uh-huh. um, that's that's the way to do it, you know. Protect your immune system while also, uh, yeah, getting weird. Um, what is the what would you say is like the most groundbreaking or most the biggest breakthrough you've ever had? Um, is there one scenario or one time that really stands out from the others, and if so? Was it communication with the entities or what was going on? I think the one that springs to mind is, and I feel like I was almost, I think I've been set up for this experience, is where they operate 
they're active. It, the entity is active invasively within you. And the reason I say I was set up for that is, you know, I'd had um, some breakthrough experiences just through the door to my right in the little landing area at the top of the stairs. And, you know, it's a breakthrough. You see these human-like entities. It looks like they're wearing masks. And it's magical, but... It's like I'd done that, and then I had the same experience. It's like, okay, that was, that was like that was the same as yesterday, you know. I was surprised at that, and then again, same experience. It's like, man, you know, and I, and I was so naive at the time. I was like, maybe I've got to the limits of what DMT can show me, which I'm, I'm really. People must be laughing now, and they're right to laugh because it was a stupid thing to think, you know. Okay, that's three experiences the same, you know. I've got to the limits of DMT, which I was nowhere near. So I smoked it again. And, you know, these entities appear, it looks like I'm somewhere else. And they're like beseeching me to be still and silent. And one's looking like he's going to dive into me. <laughs> and I kind of like, I uh, clear my throat. like, <clears throat> And they are like this frequency, which is getting really high. It, it it stops, it diminishes, and they're all like going, whoa, like, stay quiet and stay still. And this frequency just builds up, builds up, and it just becomes, it's just sanity-defying. It's just excruciating. And this entity, literally, this human-like entity dives into me, and then my voice was modulated to such a strange and bizarre extent. And I, I shout out, hey, you can't do that. And my voice sounds so peculiar to my ears. Mm -hmm. And I feel obliged to shout out again. And it's clear that something's within me and it's it's somehow manipulating, I don't know, my voice, my, my psyche, making me feel obliged to shout out and it was so strange and it and then it's like my uh felt like my collarbones were being jiggled about like uncoupled and jiggled about mm -hmm. i mean really felt really when i say physical not in a painful way at all but it was like wow how can you do that you know it's like your stomach's being opened up and and after that I, I burst into tears because, I mean, you know, I choose my words carefully and it is invasive. And I know there's other researchers, other users that have experienced this. And it's very different to the visionary experiences. It It, it, it is. It's like something's inside you and it's doing things that you just can't believe. And mm. it's just amazing. And I cried and cried to an extent. You, you kind of feel violated, even though the experience was amazing and i went downstairs and my wife had heard me shouting and screaming and crying out and she's like are you okay and i burst into tears again and 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 i think there's some justification in saying i was i was being set up for that experience because after that uh, the experiences that followed when I smoked it again, they they became invasive. The invasive experiences then became the theme and I'll tell you now if those invasive experiences have been among my first experiences. I would have never gone back to smoking DMT. Mm. You know, I mean, when you feel them inside, you know, you feel the entity, the psycho-spiritual entity inside your brain, and it's it's doing something in your brain. I think I've got one experiment called chiseling away quietly, and that's just what it felt like. It felt like it was 
chiseling away at some aspect of my brain mm-hmm. and I, I mentioned this to somebody and, and they said oh yeah it's a it's realigning your neural pathways i was like wow that that sounds perfect you know and i think i think there's something in that because you know i i have changed as an individual i think you know i've i've said before you know before this i was a i was a masturbator i was i was a wanker i was an habitual wanker and whilst i was drinking alcohol it, it was not a problem but i was probably starting to drink a little bit more often than was healthy and then when I committed yeah. to DMT, I, I said, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop the masturbating. I'm gonna stop the drinking." And to this day, that holds good, and I, I do feel that my emotional intelligence has uh, increased hugely to what it was prior to my experiencing DMT. That's my story, anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, that's true to a certain extent. I mean, I've obviously I've talked about my OCD and using macrodoses mm. of psilocybin to help untangle the the ball of anxiety and depression in my brain so i mean and they've proved it with science now i mean that's what, what they're doing with all these studies that uh creates neuroplasticity in some parts and uh new neural connections i know they've dabbled with lsd and people with parkinson's and stuff like that so um but what you described, I mean, have you ever looked into the work of John Mack with like a UFO and alien abductions and that kind of stuff? Um, because some of yeah. those things, I mean, it, it is kind of reminiscent of the what you described or possibly like the shamanic experience in a certain way um, were being torn into pieces and taken to the underworld and put back together. But what you've described is a little bit different. It's more in lines of what I would consider like a... Um, a, you know, an abduction experience, if you will, uh, people wake up and they're being worked on or tinkered with or something along that lines. So, um, have you looked into that? Yeah, I was a big fan of John Mack's work. It's many years since I've looked at it and obviously it was taken from us far too soon. And I think he lost his life in this country. It was a real shame. Um, I think what I would say is from, smoking dmt i found that there are some of the entities have a a distinct commonality but even amongst those that are common there seems to be some that are far more powerful than others and examples i can give are i've smoked dmt and i've been on a breakthrough dose in the bedroom and then there's some noise outside somebody may bang a car door and the entity flees it's like in fright you know it's startled and i can sort of see it and i can actually feel it as it disengages from my own amplified psycho-spiritual constitution you know i can tell you which direction it's gone but then there's others where i've kind of smoked it and there has been noise and that entity is just just not bothered it's just really put it on me there seems to be a, a a range of strengths and powers where some are far stronger than others and i think that probably carries on in occult nature i think some of these let's say entities that uh, impose abduction experiences on on people i think they're i think they're incredibly powerful i uh, i spoke to one girl and she'd she'd smoked dmt for the first time at a remote cottage in scotland and she was with uh, i think it was a boyfriend and he he was quite experienced with it and uh she hit the pipe hard and 
you know, there were, there were grey aliens there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they um, took something from her, which, you know, she could see it was her memories. And um, the marvelous said to her, you, you give us, you volunteer the essence of your heart and we will give you whatever you want in this life. And she didn't. You know, uh, I mean, you know, she also says before that, you know, a boyfriend tried to get up off the sofa and these entities, these greys just pushed him down and, and said in no uncertain terms, don't you move. Mm-hmm. And again, if I'd experienced something like that, even with all my experience, I probably never go back to smoking DMT again. I mean, I, I think there are some fiendishly powerful entities out there that will choose to interact with you know individuals whether it's in uh, remote aspect remote areas of of america like i'm learning from john keel and i, I don't know why they do it I, I suspect they do it to um change culture i think it's like jacques valet said they're almost acting as a spiritual control system i mean mm-hmm. you look around at how influenced with aliens or cultures from cartoons to adverts on tv it's astonishing and yet can anybody produce a ufo mm. no you know it's it's uh, i think it's all part of a, a cult nature and i think at some level with dmt you, you you're interacting with a certain level of uh, entity but i think above and beyond that there's some real powerful beings that are either for weal or woe along their own agenda shaping culture and trying to uh, impose their own agenda on humanity for better or for worse it's a real you know i'm not saying it's all good i've had two or three really scary experiences where you know something's interacted with me and i've had two or three hours after that sort of fretting for my mental health wow you know, but that's two or three. I don't want to put anybody off. That's two or three. I mean, by and large, the majority, I mean, beyond playful, I've laughed yeah. like I just, just can't tell you. I mean, laughed. I've, you know, I'm what, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late forties. The last time I smoked with this and, and, and took my shirt off and I'm waving it around. The next thing I did was lean back in the sofa. And my legs are kicking in the air like a gleeful little child. I mean, you know, it's just what's not to like. <laughs> I mean, but you make a good point, though, which is, and that's why a lot of people think that the UFO phenomena is non-material or they're ultra-terrestrials or whatever the case may be because they're sightings. Um, But, and I've mentioned it on this podcast many times with the whole UFO thing, uh, why there's no good evidence with via cameras or recorders or anything like that. I personally think that because it, it's consciousness related of some sort. So you need your mm-hmm. brain to process whatever that is. You need all of your senses working together as a human being to see whatever that thing is. And I don't know what it is or what it wants or if it's living or if it's some sort of, you know, von Neumann probe or, you know, I, who knows what it is. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, um, you make a good point that nobody can produce that we know of. Uh, physical, I mean, there's these metamaterial things that they keep studying and 
obviously. Well, we, we got those radars. That we keep an eye on all that yeah. stuff, but, but that yeah, it's just it. Well, I mean, and you've got the the sightings, which I mean, you've got the the three videos that To the Stars Academy released or put out there, and then the New York Times articles and all the, that stuff. Um, and you've got uh, David Fravor going on Joe Rogan, and um, you know he's a top pilot that has no reason to make something like that up. So. Um, there is all this evidence, but there, there is, there's not this one thing that we can put our hand on and say, that's it. You know, it's this, it's always yeah. beyond the grasp just a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I think, you know, as I was saying, some of these entities are, are so powerful. And I think whilst ultimately it is mind these these entities can i don't know they they seem to operate on a spectrum of tangibility and can can make themselves as physical as the physical things that we're accustomed to but i don't think that's their permanent state i just think they have that power and that capacity to if if we want to make ourselves into a hard shelled ufo no problem right but i don't think that's its permanent state yeah i mean uh... I don't know. I just think that I've never seen anything weird like that. I've gone camping many times. I've been out in the wilderness. I've seen weird stuff up in the sky, but nothing mm. that was like, that's a physical, I mean, yeah. you know. And and it's worth saying at, at this juncture that, you know, in my second book, I uh, there's a few experiments in there where I've smoked in the garden and, you know, black orb UFO will appear or, uh, you know, I smoked and uh, I, uh, it just overwhelmed me, and I was just laughing with uh, hilarity. I mean, it was just, just it completely took me by surprise the potency of the DMT, and and after I slowly came down from this hilarious outpouring, which I know my family could hear, you know, these three, I don't know, like creamy white black objects all kind of skipped along about fifty, sixty foot ahead of me, and it's almost like you know, it's like. It's like they appreciated what I'd experienced. They were like, say, yeah. And, you know, I've seen earth lights, or what UFOlogists will call earth lights. And uh, I think, you know, I mean, on Twitter, I've tried to get some UFO accounts interested in DMT, but there's clearly a couple of individuals who, uh, you know, it, they've initiated themselves into what DMT is and what it does. But I think a lot of them are still pursuing this disclosure agenda or this nuts and bolts agenda and i mean okay, i have no know, problem with yeah. that either because i think yeah, that there, no problem th- with it but that's a possibility to me first of all all of it's a possibility and none of it is i mean i there's days where i don't believe in anything but then there's days where i believe in a lot more than <laughs> most people so it depends on my mood it depends on what i'm studying it depends on what i'm researching it depends on the, the inner battle of my mind and philosophy mm-hmm. of what I'm looking at. And it, it depends on a lot of things, but mm-hmm. um, you're, you make some good points there. And I, I do think though, actually there are people that are making the crossover. I mean, I obviously your work and I've seen you tweet about UFOs and stuff and uh, Dr. Andrew Gallimore's book, alien information theory, this idea that you could communicate um, and that's what these entities are, or possibly when you go deeper, maybe, you know, some sort of quantum entanglement kind of a thing happening. Um, so there are people that are making some of these, you know, they're bridging the gaps with some of these topics, but um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what, what uh, yeah. all this research yields. And um, once they do that extended 
trip DMT experiment. I guess we'll see if there's any sort of uh, updates. I'm hoping, hoping, they si- hoping they sign you up for that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm <laughs> first down. in line. I'm down. I'm because uh, <laughs> I, I think that it would be for me having to you know done what I've done with psilocybin and the CBT and the OCD and everything. I think that. Um, it would be interesting to see what kind of lasting effects or positive mm. effects um, or whatever effects in general. I mean, I think that um, I've gone deep enough with other psychedelics that I think that I'd be comfortable with that. But I, you know, mm. I don't know how they do that, though. I don't know how they find their... I know in the spear molecule, they mentioned that they put something in the newspaper um, when they were, were doing the trials yeah. for that and people were responding and stuff. So yeah. I don't know if they, how that works now, but um, uh, yeah. Would you be interested in something like that? Obviously, cause you would be a good test subject cause you've done it so much that. No, I, I have thought about it. And if, if they gave me a choice and said, okay, you can do extended state DMT or we can put you in the next sort of rocket to to the moon and back. <laughs> I would take the next rocket to the moon and back, but only because I think it would be much less scary. So I wouldn't want to say yes, and I wouldn't want to say no to extended state DMT. I know it's a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. But, yeah, I think that would take some, I don't know, I, I'd be intrigued. I really would be intrigued, yeah. you know. I well, think my mind's broken, push, so I'm down to. Yeah. <laughs> if, if push came to shove, yeah, from here, yeah. <laughs> it's a fascinating subject study, though, because you know, the, obviously, the the individual users get to calibrate their dose, I believe, and then can sort of go in. And I don't know. I think I think it'd be really, I think it'd be really interesting. Mm. Hopefully, it'll go ahead one day. Yeah, that is that is interesting to think about. See, I, I've been obviously we love space and the stars and the universe and what's out there and love it, love talking about it. But lately, I've been thinking we could, you could, nobody's ever. I don't even think in our lifetime we're gonna get to Mars. If we do, cool. But um, I don't think that that's gonna happen. And I don't think that even traversing the stars is the next step i think that there's this internal thing whether it's via dmt and psychedelics or it's meditation or you know um which may be one of the same it's even like a very buddhist and hindu type of philosophy to it too so even practicing those you get a sense of it but just this you know this look inside or this you know instead of going outwards let's go inwards and and that's kind of what i've been looking at lately because we could travel the stars forever and not find a single thing, just more particles and molecules and uh, stars and galaxies and black holes. But if you look inward, I think that there's a lot of strangeness there. And I think there's a lot to be discovered uh, within the human body. We don't even know what consciousness is. So, um, yeah, I think I was well said, well said, Mike, I, uh, off planet research is so, so very expensive and, you know, Mm-hmm. psychedelics dmt a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of those astronomical costs involved in sending rockets out there and you know i mean i don't want to poo-poo the telescopes because the findings are wonderful but i think you're right i think maybe now is the time to say well let, let's let's undertake some occult research because the the occult aspect of what's within us our own psycho spiritual constitution which can become so evident smoking a, a a low to light dose of dmt outside 
it's phenomenal mm-hmm. even without entity interaction so yeah i think you know studying occult nature within and occult nature without you know and, and, and i mean occult in the light sense in, in terms of hidden i know for some people it's still a very taboo word with nefarious connotations yeah. you know I, i'm not peddling that and i'm not promoting that it's it's dm it's occult light it means hidden yeah, I mean, I, people misuse terms all the time, even mm. apocalypse and uh, yeah. know, all, all like if you like lifting of the veil, like there's all these things that people use and they think they know what it means, but they don't know the origin mm. and they don't know mm. the historical use of it. Um, but you, I want to say though, actually, when I when I mentioned the going inward, we hit the first we've only had RN on once, but the first when he was on he said something similar and I thought to myself, yeah, that's interesting, but I still want to know what's out there, you know, but mm. slowly mm. since then, I mean, it's been a year and a half since he's been on. Um, and I didn't really, wasn't really thinking about what he said, but maybe it was in my subconscious, but, uh, mm. just from studying everything and researching and doing these episodes and having different people on. And, um, it, it occurred to me that that's, that is right. That is something that we should be focusing on. Not necessarily, mm everything out there but what's going on here first and then maybe if we figure that out or get a better sense then we can apply what we've learned to the external world yeah i'd agree with that yeah it's learn to walk before you can run Hmm. yeah good point so with this uh new book is is there anything that you didn't get to that you're going to try and get to in, in the third book or is there well, it, it kind of like completes those three years of research. It completes my second and third year. As I say, I produced that before I was on social media. It's a lot of work. I'm I'm thoroughly happy with the writing, with the research, with the uh, with the book. I think it's a great book. I I've been I don't want to say I've been lazy marketing it. I was somebody offered to help me with marketing, and that kind of fell through. And uh was I disappointed? Maybe a little bit. And since then, I've just kind of like been getting on with my life. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty, pretty behind marketing it. So uh, it's great to be on here. It's great to, that you guys are, are mentioning it, that I get to talk about it. But I really need to kind of market it a little bit because I think it's, I think it's a good book. And like I say, I've, 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 I've read other books, and it's kind of sort of taken me back to my roots. And I thought, you know, yeah. I'm, Oh, we'll blast it out there. I'll I'll get that. Thank you. Don't worry. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The next couple days. (laughs) One thing we know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) It is annoy the fuck out of people sometimes. But um, no, but we're going to, we, you know, I obviously I market and promote all of our shows because I think that that's, you know, when we started doing this podcast, it was partly our own path of enlightenment. Let's learn a bunch of stuff. Let's try and grow. Uh, But it was also part what's cool out there that's not getting the proper due or whatever. So, you know, eventually the format when we started having more guests became how can we help this person kind of achieve their dream or their goal? And slowly, I mean, having obviously some people don't need it that we've had on the show, but um, I don't really think that you need it either. You do have a pretty big following, but I think that with this book, like you mentioned, you know, somebody dropping the ball here or there or whatever happens, um, we're absolutely always going to put our our guests out there and these conversations out there because, number one, I think they're interesting. And uh, number two, it's not like we're just shooting the shit about something that doesn't matter. I mean, this is some of the questions that plague humanity since the beginning. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, DMT is one of the most interesting research topics in the world right now, and I, I think that's going to remain good for untold years. I think it's just such a great mystery, such a great puzzle, and you know, let's let's hopefully get the best minds on there. Mm-hmm. What uh, do you want to do? Uh, will you be willing to do an extra ten minutes here for our patrons? Uh, we can wrap it up here, but do uh, yeah, extra... yeah, yeah. Of course, Mike and Maurice, I'd be delighted to. Those um, juicy tidbits in there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll get to the real down. You know, the real story. Uh, no, I'm just joking. But um, we appreciate you coming on. We'll have you back on again, obviously. Uh, Thank but, you. Uh, DMT and my occult mind too. The links down below, um, and uh, it's on auto or um, hard copy. And you've got the um, Kindle, correct? Are you doing a um, uh, what you call it? An Audible for uh, this? Yeah, that's that's the intention. I mean, um, just behind here, I've got various acoustic panels. I've I've done some tests, and I can I've got a really good noise floor in here. So. Uh, yeah, that was the intention. In fact, DMT and my cult mind light the revision. It, it it's actually was an audio book script, mm. and I was like, but you know, I've got a book here. And right. Kind of like took the view that the original book was a little bit too wordy. So uh, yeah, I'll be doing an audible. Awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. that, and you're gonna read it yourself, obviously, which is good. I don't like. Yeah. I mean, I know. It depends. There's some of those Audible readers are actually pretty good, but then some of them it's like, oh, I can't listen to this. I'm sorry that that's, I haven't got this. Yeah, 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 you're right. There's, there's, there's books that I've wanted to listen to, but I've just not felt on power with the reader, and I've kind of sent them back. You've got a good voice so you're for it. you not hiring Mickey Rourke or what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that I'll give myself. Voice in there. Yeah. It's <laughs> no, you've got be a, a good voice, better. perfect voice. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I think that that British accent mixed with, uh, you know, you're very concise and and well spoken. So I think that, uh, yeah, good vocabulary. I'll, I'll let us know when that pops. We'll check it out for sure. But um, thanks. yeah, thanks again for coming on and sharing your you know your personal experiences and stories. And um, again, everybody, check out DMT in My Occult Mind Part Two. Links down below. Buy the book. Don't don't hesitate. Just get the book. Everybody's got plenty of time right now. Check out the book, especially if you like psychedelics. So, thanks. Cheers. And uh, we're about to turn this off and uh, do a little segment with Dick on our Patreon at at uh, Patreon.com/slash Mike and Maurice for two dollars a month. You'll get exclusive content and um, check out our website, Mike and Maurice We are on all social media platforms. Oh, also follow Dick on um, uh, Instagram. Is it? It's DMT Researcher, correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then also on Twitter, uh, it's DMT. Is it underscore researcher or just DMT researcher? Underscore researcher, I believe. Okay, so check him out on there. He's somewhat active on Twitter as well um, and uh, always has something interesting to add. So um, thank you again, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. And uh, again, check us out on our Patreon right now. Peace.